0: We've taken two days off. I don't even know how to open the show. Ah, there we go. Uh, It's like riding a bicycle. Isn't it four days off? Uh, This is Lawrence Lewis.
1: And this is Sister Christian.
0: Tuesday, May 26th, this is the Producers Happy Hour, a semi-daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work.
1: Your stories let us know that we're in this together. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and
0: ideas and how we feel about uh, what's to come. And you can share your story and your thoughts by emailing us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com.
1: And share this show with your friends, colleagues, one-night stands. We want these stories to be heard.
0: Today, we have a crew safety roundtable, Christian, and this time it's with all producers.
1: Yes, it is. We're going to have Sarah Balin, Alana Dillon, and Nan Patridge. I have to say that I love that these ladies bands. uh, I mean, collectively, between the five of us, I am absolutely sure we could produce our way right out of a paper bag.
0: (laughs) Can you produce your way out of a pandemic? uh,
1: (laughs) Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going
0: to talk about, yeah. How are you doing, Christian? We've had three days off. It's Tuesday. What's
1: yeah, going on? Yeah, it's a... Uh, it was, uh, it's made me a little foggy, to be honest. Yeah. yeah because because uh, I forgot that I needed to record.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Forgot that I needed to write some stuff up. Uh, I know, Yeah, it was uh, so easily got into the habit of, so easily fallen out of, it seemed. You know, it was a good weekend. How was yours?
0: Good. Same. Not a lot going LA. on. L.A.? L.A. stuff? Yeah. Some people have gone out of town. So, uh, so yeah, not much going on. But um, there's parking everywhere. So <laughs> that's a that plus. Is
1: like, <laughs> the 405's open. Four Those five's two things open. are like yeah. heaven, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's nice. It's been lovely. It's been sunny. The sunset's been gorgeous. I've just been going on long walks. And that's about it. Now it's back to yeah. work.
1: Getting the vitamin D. hmm That's great. I mean, I think uh, here it's been definitely, like, getting warmer. It's getting humid because it's been raining and such. But gearing up for summer, it's getting a little bit busier on the streets here. Yeah. Yeah, people are starting to stretch their legs and get out a little bit. I'm sure you saw some of the Ozarks, maybe. Some of the parties that were happening. No, I
0: didn't. What's going on?
1: Oh, you should Google it right now while we're talking. Okay. It is literally, I saw it and then my immediate panic anxiety, almost vomit. <laughs> like like <gasps> reflex was just like, what? And it's just, you know, oh, a bunch of gosh. people piled into those, you know, like motel pools that happen to have like a, you know, a little swim up bar, two of them. And they're packed in like sardines, oh, as they say. Oh, my
0: God. You know, I don't even like these kind of pools normally.
1: Yeah, I mean. You know,
0: it's like human soup pools, (laughs) like in Palm Springs or wherever you go, Las Vegas, Hard Rock Cafe. I mean, the Hard Rock Hotel with that. off uh, Gross. Yes. So now looking at this, I'm looking at it right now on the CNN website, and I'm shivering. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a reporter stationed at every beach to let us know who was out and such and who was wearing a mask and who wasn't. But I think the topper was the Ozarks, which uh, I, I, just I, looked unhealthy at best. You couldn't get me in there before. No, exactly, exactly. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, some people were having fun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I guess so. So, yes. I never really heard what happened about Gavin Newsom yesterday. Oh, right. Supposedly, he was going to come out and talk about film production, but I had never heard anything. Did you hear anything? I saw people Um, on Facebook asking, what did he say? Like, where did that, was he going to unveil a plan of film production to move forward?
1: I didn't hear anything either. I mean, I knew that he was going to do it today, but it's, there was still, in some people's mind, we're taking it off. For me, it was, you know, another Monday, even though, you know, I certainly paid tribute to those fallen soldiers in my life yes but that said um no i did not hear anything
0: so i looked again because i've looked a a few times and deadline posted no film and tv reopening guidelines came today from gavin newsom obviously that was written yesterday i wonder why don't know but houses of worship and mall restrictions have been lifted so great, my two favorite things: church, <laughs> churches and malls are open. Churches
1: and malls, <laughs> do your hair. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, those I, are not my favorite things.
1: Maybe, Maybe <laughs> 22 years ago, I'd say. Yeah. The houses of worship concern me because singing and just what you do in them, mm-hmm. they concern me. So again, I hope that people take their own advice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there's also apparently infighting going on amongst the unions. I don't. Oh, I've heard about this. I don't though. know what. Yeah, I don't know what. What Gavin was going to release today, obviously it didn't come out. But yeah, Teamsters say they're not ready to send people back. SAG-AFTRA. They want to approve every set before anyone wow. takes any work. The entire union and IATSE. <laughs> you know, they're. I don't know. So I don't know what's going on. There's there's a lot of infighting and.
1: I've also heard that there's some infighting when it comes to some unions are willing to waive some minimum requirements right now, and some aren't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that there's, within IATSE, separate unions, there's some infighting going on.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, if you have any information, and would like to call in anonymously. Yes. We're happy to hear. Yes. We're happy to give more information. But, the floor.
0: Uh, we'll dive in more <laughs> on another day, but first...
1: We have a voice memo.
0: We do.
1: I know, so it's been a little while since we had one. We're still taking them, so please do them. Marie Claire Marquez has left us a voice memo.
3: Hello and good evening, producers' happy hour. My name is Marie. I am not in the entertainment industry. However, I'm a essential worker. I'm a Licensed marriage and family therapist here in San Diego and also a program director for a children's mental health program. I just wanted to send infinite hugs and thanks to you both just for what you are doing every day. I utilize the podcast recordings as a form of self care. The news has been incredibly traumatic, incredibly frustrating. And although perhaps you may not have intended it, I kind of utilize your daily podcast to glean important information that's impacting us here in California, as well as a glimpse of how it is impacting those in the East Coast. So, um, you guys are my main form of news. I have been blessed and honored to be able to participate in some very important and very moving Im- immersive experiences led by Lawrence and his partner, Devin. I enjoy very much being able to experience a little bit of that through the podcast. Thank you very much for what you're doing just to the community overall. I'm open and excited for what the future may hold creatively for the arts. Thank you again. And I hope that you both are doing well. And I'm sending you my love from San Diego.
0: Marie, thank you very much. That is very sweet. That was so
3: lovely. She's one of of our friends or colleagues. Yes,
0: friends or colleagues. Yes, exactly.
1: I feel the urge to say that I'm not a journalist.
0: Yes, we, Marie, we are not journalists.
1: Like my news is salty.
0: (laughs) Don't count on us for your news, please. This is an interpretation of daily activities (laughs) for your entertainment Mm -hmm. pleasure. But Marie, thank you. And thank you for being an essential worker and being out there on the front lines. Hats off to you. Thanks, Marie. We are going to get to our crew safety roundtable, Christian. Yes.
1: But first, take some action, guys. There's a lot of people out there just according to last week's unemployment. And May May is supposed to be even worse. It's the 25th of May. Rent is due soon. There's... Absolutely, something you can do about it. You can sign a petition, donate blood, give your old laptop away. You've been just sitting around for two and a half months. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Save the post office.
0: Save the post office. That's an important one.
1: Yeah. Pick one.
0: Yeah. Pick one. That's all you got to do. One.
1: There's stuff there.
0: All right. Nan Patridge has worked in the photo and film industry for over 20 years, producing jobs all around the world through her own company, Nice Little Pictures, which is funny because my company is called Tiny Little Pictures. We didn't even talk about it. She operates as a local fixer for European clients and also serves as full service for local directors and photographers. Notable clients include Lemaire, Clinique, Adidas, Canon, Pfizer, CNN, Netflix, HBO, and Christian, that's just to name a few.
1: Sarah Balin was born in Manhattan and has worked in production since 2005. She started as a set PA and worked her way up to line producer, like me. Mm
3: -hmm. She
1: produces union and non-union commercials, short films, music videos, feature film before, as well as TV promos and still photography. She'll do it all, folks.
0: Alana Dillon is a Los Angeles-based producer and is a freelance trustee on the producer's health benefits plan, which we had Sean Cooley from several Mm -hmm. weeks ago. She's also the host of Production People Get Together Events, a happy hour group with 200 freelance members that gather and talk production. She's a communicator, problem solver, and rule follower that enjoys the logic and relationships that go into making a production happen effectively and creatively.
1: Let's take a listen. Thank you guys for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I think that this is an important one because it's producers, so there's five of us here some of the smartest people on earth, (laughs) figuring out the current situation we're in, right? So if we could go around the table and introduce yourselves, that would be lovely. Nan, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Nan. Thanks for having me, you guys. I've been a producer
4: for over 20 years in New York, and I'm line produced, and I also have my own production company, Nice Little Picture. And Mm -hmm. so I operate as a fixer for European clients or any of those directors, photographers, or agencies who have a need for full
1: service production. Sarah.
2: Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a New York baseline producer. I've been producing for three years. Um started 15 years ago, worked my way up. Mostly in New York in TV commercials, but dabbled in, you know, music videos, short film, one feature film, but been freelance my entire professional career. Alana. My name is
1: Alana. I'm
5: a Los Angeles based producer. I'm also a a freelance trustee on the Producers Health Benefits Plan, and I've worked in freelance in Los Angeles for 10 years and been producing for three.
1: So this one we've asked before, and it was mainly for crew members. I feel like this one could be a different answer for us, but if you got called to take a job today, to film today, in your area today, would you take it? nan I will we'll start with you understanding that you know I think New Jersey opens on June 1st to stages that kind of thing so yeah we'll go we'll go with that yeah yes i'm
4: anxious to get back to work actually mm-hmm. i was fortunate to work a post production job during the last 2 months which saved my sanity but i would definitely go back to work I'm in the process of putting together uh, guidelines, shoot protocols. I've Mm -hmm. seen other companies already put this out like Lionsgate and Mm -hmm. Creative Exchange and ICP. And so I'm just going to kind of copy their model and incorporate that into my own format and Mm -hmm. so forth and use that to go back to work with everything from staggered call times to color-coded areas. You know, obviously the washing stations, PPP, you know, mm-hmm. the masks, the social distancing. I mean, there was talk of having to change your clothes from street clothes to mm. work clothes if you commute on the subway. Things like that. I'm not sure if I'd go that far. I mean, I did buy a jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Well, you know, every every lady needs a jumpsuit. But there's <laughs> I have definitely to wear over my street clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely talk about not allowing people to use mass transit because we don't know too. So there's yeah, a, yeah, there's some
4: yeah. So you know, I've gone to the grocery store and it is a little stressful. You know, when people start piling up in the aisle and you're like, you know, you could have picked another aisle. I'm not sure how I'm going to really feel once right. I get there and everybody's mm-hmm. crowded and, you know, we're all distanced. Mm-hmm. But I think we can make it work with walkie talkies and just using common sense and right. all the guidelines that have been put out. If we just all follow that, then I think we can work in a safe environment for sure. And location, being outside would be much easier. And I feel a little more relaxed in that atmosphere, I think, right. as opposed to a sound stage. Sarah,
2: yeah. what about you? I'm very much on the same page. I'm super anxious to go back to work. I feel very accountable or I felt very accountable before this all happened in taking care of the crew, making sure everyone was safe. The communication was really clear and everyone knew what was going on. I think that holds like a whole new standard, but I, it's very much in my nature. So I would feel very confident, you know, taking the right precautions. I've been reading the AICP guidelines. that came out reading all that stuff and just making sure I'm absorbing it. I think a lot more attention could go into tech scouts. That's a whole new ballgame of not just planning out your shots. You're planning out your safety precautions. So whether that's a, a longer day or two days or whatever it is. A week in advance. A week. And that, that's the, yeah, That I'm sure we'll get into timelines, but that's the other thing is, you know, I've, I've done a string mm-hmm. of jobs where it's just like, we're coming in because I work for LA companies in New York a lot and these jobs will pop up and I can work super fast. That is the New York way. And it's like, no worry, I got you. What do you need? 24 hours, you need a crew? Okay. And it's just like, you just can't do that anymore. and mm-hmm. I And I won't, I will just have to say, you got to take seven days. You have to spend a little more money. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're trained, but it's sort of this unspoken rule of like, you don't say no until you have to. And I think there's going to be scenarios where we're going to draw the line and say, no, you have to give us seven days. You have to push back a little bit because it's yeah. safety.
1: Ilana, I know that California is doing it a little, you know, they've already got Cal OSHA involved. There's all a lot of stuff already happening in California. So please
5: yeah you know I, I'm also eager to get back to work. Uh, I also trust you know ninety seven percent of the people I work with in terms of their understanding of a lot of the rules and regulations, and you know it's part of our job as producers to communicate with the company and have a plan going forward. So I would hope if I were offered an awarded job that it would have taken these considerations. And then I think a big thing will be just managing expectations. How much shooting can we actually get accomplished in a day? How many deliverables are there? And then also uh, just making sure that the creative
4: is actually workable.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it can be accomplished. (laughs) And you're right. I mean, that's where the conversations have to start before we're hired, way before we're hired. You know, like the creative has to be tailored to what we can do. So
5: yeah. I lo- I'm loving the matching jumpsuit idea.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can really we can get them the, uh, embroidered. The jumpsuit over your
4: street clothes <laughs> so you could just come out like, you know, you're Superman.
1: <laughs> you yeah.
0: can have
5: its own color. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So you've all said you're anxious to get back to work, which I can appreciate. Question for you. Does crew size play into that? Let's say there were no regulations come next Monday, which, you know, they're saying supposedly some production in California is going to come back Monday in some counties. So let's say Monday comes around, and all of a sudden we're allowed to go back to work, and they've somehow managed to say any crew size, you got to manage it properly. And so now you've got a crew of 85 people, and it's up to you as a producer to figure out how to make that work. Is that going to be a fact? And, of course, 85, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but... Uh, well, you know, how the how shoots grow, and you do need enough people to be able to do things. And if we're not forced into trying to do a shoot with 10 people, you're going to have a sizable crew, and it's up to you guys to manage it. How would that make you feel, Nanette?
4: It would double my production crew, I think, because I am would have someone managing all the areas and making sure and double, tripling up on that if I had that big of a crew. I might even be, you know, like one PA per 20 people or something like that. You know, again, it's going back to signs hanging, color coding, and just having the staff that can monitor it. Because while we're hired to produce, we need to pay attention to the production side. So we can't be monitoring if someone's grouping up over there, you know, if six PAs are chatting up by the grip truck or something. We have to have someone walking around monitoring that the whole time, I think. So I think that's what I would do is just double up on some of the staff production side for people to monitor, yeah. you know, and We're, people that are knowledgeable about this as well. They would have to have some knowledge, not just any PA.
0: Yeah. We want to get into that as a separate yeah. question. So we'll, yeah. we'll dive in monitors next. But Sarah, what about crew size for you?
2: I would kind of have the same approach. The difference is like union minimum staffing, I think is going to have to, be reevaluated. But if you do need to get the job done, it's always wiser to hire what you really need so you can work faster. But the solve to keep an actual crew to get stuff done would be to add bodies to monitor and make sure that you're keeping it safe. So I think, yes, if you can work with a smaller crew, I probably would. I've I've done some of those, but they generally tend to be Less of like the narrative sort of styles than they're more documentary style. But yeah, I don't think that the creative should or the mechanics should really suffer by having a shoestring crew that won't yeah. actually allow you to get anything done. It's, it's really about, well, unfortunately, like adding people to make it safe.
0: Right. Odd <laughs> that in order to handle more people, we have to add more people to, yeah. <laughs> to make it safe. Now, if yeah, you ask I'm Jane sure. Nunez, she'll <laughs> say there is no minimum staffing in the contract.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a matter of...
2: Oh, is that a interesting yeah. Uh, vocabulary?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've always had these conversations with her. She's like, there is no minimum staffing, but you can't hire a first AC without having a department head. So, well,
4: that's right. Yeah. I'll call yeah.
0: It. And, and if there is a boom pole on set, you need to have a boom operator. So, you know, there's things in there that let's trigger see. certain. Yeah, exactly. Alana.
5: There's been a lot of talk about this crew pod idea. So I think if you have a big crew, of, let's say 60, 70 people, that doesn't necessarily mean they need to be all in one place at one time. So you could, in theory, have 10 art department in there setting up the set, and then maybe some G&E fly in, and then maybe some client agency gets last looks, and then you mic an actor in the other room. I know there's been a lot of discussion about the problems with hair and makeup and how social distancing works with that, and then obviously talent can't wear masks. But then the question will be, well, where do you put the crew? Is there maybe a nearby location where they can properly social distance, where they can wear masks? Film LA was just saying the other day in terms of permits, that they're looking into revising permit structure, at least in Los Angeles, where, okay, maybe you're only permitting a location for 20 bodies, but that's taking into account for the fact that you actually have a 60-person crew, just not everybody's going to be there at the same time.
0: Interesting.
4: Right. Stagger all the call times and stagger who's on set and who's not.
0: Exactly. Christian, I've been talking about this. It seems like everything kind of doubles. And what I mean by that is if you're shooting in a a house, you're going to need to get two houses, the house next door or the house across the street. And then if you're shooting a day, it's going to be two days at the very least. That's going to lead to a conversation about cost, but we'll get to that <laughs> next. <laughs> Christian, I know you've got some yeah, questions.
1: Yeah, I do. I have two points I'd like to make and then get your responses on the points. So, A, you know, production does a lot. And I don't know if we've ever, as a PA, because I PA'd long time ago, you know, hey, Grip, you need to move your car. I'm sorry, I'm working. You know, fuck off, is kind of the response to that. Hey, first AC, put your mask on. We think that it should be a separate entity that is our safety monitor. That way they're monitoring us too, Mm -hmm. meaning we're not the police. (laughs) And there's only so much we can do as production. So that would be one. And the other is, to your point about adding crew, maybe the solution is keeping the crew small but adding days. So it's the same 15 people. You know, you have your art prep day and then they go home. Then you have your pre-light day. Then, you know, they step out. Then you do your filming. Then you have a full strike day. I know that this is how it used to be done because I remember. <laughs> and I understand that that's going to cost a lot more. But in the end, it feels like this safer thing to do considering we cannot see what we're up against. Nan? Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. and reality, needs to be sprinkled on this too. I understand that. Yeah. It's going to be case by case.
4: If you're talking big sets, I absolutely agree. That would be a way to go. And hiring that police person, kind of, that patrols and monitors everyone.
1: Like a SAG rep or even a Humane Society person. You know, It's an entity that comes from the state or the film permit office. And and it can't be a set medic.
4: That's another person Mm -hmm. that has to be on there. I'm not quite sure what that person is yet. So I don't know if there's been a, a label for that person. Safety monitor? What, well, yes, I guess safety <laughs> monitor is it. I mean, that's what we've but been what calling it. What are the qualifications? You know, what are their qualifications? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what kind of certificates do they have to have, if any, and all that. Yes, it would be a safety monitor, but where are we getting them? Where are we getting
0: them? Yeah, OSHA, hopefully. Maybe construction okay.
1: crews or something. Yeah, I don't know. Right, and it just <laughs> takes the burden of everyone's safety off of us. Which I think yeah. is a lot for us totally. because we're not we're not doctors and we're not nurses. It takes a it
0: takes it out of our yeah. hands. And there's a liability question that we're going to get to as well.
1: Yeah, right.
4: and that goes back to the list of guidelines and possibly having them initial that they've read it so that we can say you read the guidelines. Correct. It's not signing a waiver, but it's signing an agreement that they've. Yes, exactly.
0: Great, Sarah.
2: I'm right there with you. I think having sort of a, a separate job title, individual, and the only thing I can, I feel like I could compare it to is how they implemented in New York City, like the the DOT person that you have to, it's like a, a course or whatever it is. And technically, I guess it could be a PA, it could be a medic that's, you know, rerouted or whatever, but they should have some sort of certification. And then it does take this accountability, responsibility off of the production team and puts it into this one entity that is literally hired to go around and make sure everyone has a mask on and yep. make sure that they can, they're carrying hand sanitizer or gloves or whatever. And then to just speak to your point, Christian, about scheduling and added days and, and the way, of course, that's like the most ideal scenario and it, I'm sure this is on everyone's minds, but clients don't spend as much money for advertising just because the channels change, the mediums change beyond just broadcast. And it's been sort of a challenge to accomplish what the creative is with budget. So in my head, I'm like, how are we going to add days when people don't even want to send big, big yeah, I'd like to I'd <laughs> like to say that we have a
1: real hopefulness in us. And this could be a little whimsical, but those days are over.
2: I hope this is a wake-up call for sure. I really hope this is a wake-up call. I think Exactly. That be- and if you
1: absolutely must advertise your brand, you're going to do it in a safe way so that your brand's cachet doesn't get into a liability yeah. situation. Alana? Yeah.
5: I mean, I'm all for French hours. I think we all have been for quite some time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's been in that situation where I've been bidding a job. And I've been asked, well, can we do it in two 14-hour days instead of three 10-hour days? Uh, <laughs> so I think it's really going to be you know, managing expectations on the client side, especially you know, if companies do actually follow AICP guidelines and stick together during the bidding process, then hopefully we can keep it to a safe place moving forward on jobs. It's interesting because I feel like there's been this movement since the 90s to try and get shoot days to be shorter and definitely staggering crews would advocate for that. But there's always been that pushback because we've all been on those long jobs where it's already a 12-hour day and it's a car commercial and you're out in Lancaster or something and an hour keeps being added to an hour. And, you know, you offer hotels to your crew and they flat out refuse them. I've begged drivers before, you know, don't drive the rig. Mm -hmm. I will pay for the rig tomorrow. I will pay you a day to come and get your
1: rig. But maybe it's already booked on a job the next day. And so it's a good point to have a safety monitor that would tell them that they had to stay too. Yeah.
5: And that's where it takes really having these conversations with the unions. You know, I I look up, uh, Sarah brought up DOT regulations. That's a perfect example where, you know, our drivers aren't supposed to be clocking more than 10 hours. And yet if you're on a big car commercial, that is a 12 hour day, but it is a drive. $399 doesn't even let you hire two drivers. It says, well, you're just trying to avoid paying one driver over time. And so that's a direct contradiction between union rules and then federal labor laws. And, you know, it's a constant position we're in, which is between a uh, rock and a hard place. And then of course, it's just The unique nature of our industry as well, where I think we deal with these questions and these issues that other industries don't have to.
4: I just wanted to interject that a lot of this is going to be put on the creatives as well, because they need to come up with creative solutions for their clients to not put productions in the situation where you have to have 30 kids on a bus or, you know, a big set build. And so the creatives really play a big part in moving Mm -hmm. forward and coming up with creative ways to advertise without jeopardizing all our health.
0: But as we know, you're very correct, Nan, but as we know, the creatives need some leadership from the people that know what's possible. Otherwise, you know, they write the chariot race or they write, and then his head explodes. They write
4: the feature film with the music video budget.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So it still kind of keeps reverting back to us because we're the ones that have to break their hearts. And, uh, you know, like Tina Fey says in her book, we're dream crushers. (laughs) No, you can't have the helicopter.
1: (laughs) Damn Uh, right. I've been crushing dreams (laughs) since 1998.
0: (laughs) But to your point, that does bring up budget. So creative and budget go hand in hand. And so, you know, we've already talked about more time. We've already talked about more locations to put people in. We've already talked about more staff. And we've already talked about the fact that budgets have been squeezed for the last 10 years. And the other thing that we kind of want to throw in here that I don't know if any of you've talked about or if Alana you've heard anything about this is folding in to the budget some sort of sick pay where we can double up on one or two key crew members. So if you're on a longer shoot, somebody has to fall out, they're not going to lie about their well-being in order to get that paycheck. They can bow out. They still get paid, you know, talking about having somebody loosely on hold as a backup to fill their place. And if it is somebody integral, maybe the person can be on FaceTime and walk them through what needs to happen or something to that effect. But then that's another item into the script. So I'm sure you guys don't have answers, but, you know, there's going to be a lot less yield out of the budgets that we've been seeing. And I don't know if you've been having any talks with any production companies about budgets yet at this moment or seeing any budgets or talking about it. Uh, What's your thinking on that? How are we going to manage that, Nan?
4: Well, I think budgets have been cut already before this. And then now they've started to see how a model who dates a director can shoot something in their own home, you know, and make it look like a million bucks. So it's like (laughs) that kind of thing is happening already. and so. I, I don't know what to say, you know, because I feel like we've already been up against that battle
1: of budgets. No, it's a bit of a conundrum that we're all in. I completely. Yeah.
4: It's going to also depend on the creative again. You know, it's like what is absolutely necessary well, on non-union jobs. Some people can do double duty, but on union jobs, you need that person for that department, you know, like wardrobe could do props and a non-union, but in a union, you need a wardrobe person and you need a prop person, you know, keep people so it's all going to be variable on the creative i think
0: i don't know if you're talking to any of your clients about potential projects any talk about budgets yet or is it too soon
4: it's been too soon most of the jobs were canceled in early march for what was going to happen in april and may so we haven't revisited that
0: anything yet. yet okay sarah how about you what's your thinking on this conundrum
2: Well, I just had a conversation on Sunday, actually sort of similar to this and and about having backups and no matter sort of what your crew size is, and if someone exhibits symptoms the day before the shoot, but more so, I guess we were talking about if you have a crew member who comes to work and either is sick and doesn't say they're sick or starts feeling sick when they're at work. And you have to pay them, send them home, and bring in another person. It's a much bigger reality now because it could Mm -hmm. happen to potentially so many more of your crew. If this is what you're referring to, just doubling your crew money just so you have backups?
4: I don't know if they would allow that. I mean, people get sick. People got sick on sets or didn't show up. I've had people not show up, you know, and you call and call and they're like... they went out the night before or something, you know, and they were a key person in the department. And so either the rest of the crew has to cover for them, their department have to cover Mm -hmm. for them, or, you know, you go to the next person.
2: I'm totally with you on that. I think that the scenario we're in is that everyone is so, I'm making a generalization, but everyone I think is so hungry for work right now. Just get desperation and supporting your family or whatever it is. They want to be there. And the last thing they want like is to be sent home because they have a tickle in their throat or whatever it is. So I think we might face people coming to work sick when they potentially shouldn't be. And to be very honest, like I, in my whole career, I don't think I ever didn't go to work. I've worked dead before. (laughs) Kirsten and I collaborated on a job last year and right before it, I got really, really ill. I took every precaution possible to feel better and to, you know, be very clean and all that stuff, um, at work and wipe everything down. But I was not missing Mm -hmm. a day. I think I would rethink that now. And I think that's the same for, for our crews is like, we're going to have to make a decision or this monitor is going to have to make its decision to be like, this person came to work. I'm going to send them home cuz they have a fever when they walk in the door. So do you pay them and bring in a second person because they showed up or do you just say I'm sorry, I'm not going to pay you today cuz I have to send you home and move the best boy up to tea?
1: Alana, uh, I'd love your take on it and then I we have a possible working solution, but please, Alana.
2: Yeah, I mean, I
5: the paid sick leave discussion is one of the most important ones to have right now. I've been asking a lot of people this question and people don't have a direct answer for it. You know, I love Lawrence's idea of, oh, just roll it into the bid. I'm sure that will have to be bid as cost plus, Uh, (laughs) along with the Uh Uh (laughs) PMW. and (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it's so important that we're having these conversations, that people hear us having these conversations, because it will help establish best practices moving forward.
1: Right. So the idea would be, you know, and perfect time to, you know, workshop this one, $3,500 on the top sheet cost plus that says um, this will allow a crew member to, you know, you call the night before and it's a responsible person. They still get paid because it's protecting everybody on set. And if you don't use it, the money you give it back and $3,500 over a two day course of two days would cover three people at least. So we think it's a pretty easy thing to sell through considering that it would be cost plus.
5: I think it's a great idea. I mean, I heard, I read some story about a shoot in Chicago or as a television show and the first season, everybody was getting cold and flu mm-hmm. after cold and flu, sick multiple times. And so the next season they actually established that practice and yeah. it was a very healthy season of filming. So we have our whole crews, at least in the state of California, sign those paid sick leave notices. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of always been one of those unspoken about confusing uh, sheets Mm -hmm. of paper. So it's good to finally address that.
1: Right, it's a bigger problem. And it also takes morality and desperation out of the conversation, which I think that considering we're all humans, (laughs) that um, anytime (laughs) that we can allow somebody to make an informed decision that affects our lives as well, over $700. It just feels like something that can be justified. However, I get it. I'm on the same jobs that we all are that, you know, want 15 spots in a two-day period and the social and the print and the everything. And I think that the conversations, again, need to start with the amount of content that you used to get for the money that $100,000 got you this before. $100,000 is going to get you 70% of that now. It just is what it is. So that brings up another issue that we kind of touched on, liability. Personal liability, this is not at all the same situation that we're in right now, but everybody remembers slates for Sarah, right? And how the production team, rightly so, should have been held accountable for that. Now...
0: Producers, AD, they all went to trial.
1: Mm-hmm. And so if you can't sue your employer, which is where the Senate might be going. Who's the next person as, you know, we're the freelance head of the team. Do you have any concerns about this, Nan? Especially because you own your own company too.
4: Yes, I have very big concerns about that. It's a little bit scary, which is why I'm trying to put together a guideline of sorts to, without having them sign an actual waiver saying they can't sue me, but I would have backup material saying they've read the protocols, they read this, they've signed, they initialed that, you know, they can't show up sick and fake it, you know, things like this that we've been talking about. So I would have some protection. I've been on other calls where it's like, could be very hard thing for people to prove if they got COVID from your job. And also Workman's Comp covers sick. So I felt a little relieved when that discussion was happening. But yeah, I'm going to set up some guidelines
1: for myself. Is Workman's Comp covering in New York now? Because we don't think that it is.
0: Yeah, we haven't. From what I've heard, most workers' comp is not covering COVID-19 specifically. And then liability is not covering it unless they can prove that it was contracted on your set, which is almost impossible to do. California, the governor has made workers' comp cover COVID-19, but I don't know about other states.
4: Yeah, you're right. I think that was the CAPS representative from LA. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're on the same call. Yeah, Yeah.
1: probably. (laughs) We might have all been on that. I I couldn't be on that call, so
4: thank you. (laughs) So I do need to check with New York for sure. But yeah, I'm very concerned.
0: So you're thinking, kind of work some sort of protection in your contract and your waivers. Yeah,
4: with guidelines, having them initial that so that they, you know, you know, there's there's only we can control. So, um, yeah, you know, that's what I'm going to try and do.
1: Yeah, and hiring trusted people, of course, too, will yeah. help our things. But desperation, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm concerned about the weighing the two things. Go ahead, Sarah.
2: I think as someone who's working for these companies who are potentially liable, but as the point person who's technically hiring them and the face to it all, it's definitely concerning, but I think it's just going to take, in my opinion, the prep time and like getting on the same page as the company and communicating. I don't know how successful a signature will be or, or where you can get people to agree to your guidelines or whatever it is. There definitely should be guidelines. They can be sent out prior to the shoot, make sure everyone reads them, but there's going to be this real importance for a partnership of the producer and the production company and a real support system. And Christian, you just mentioned like this trust of not just trust in your crew members, but trust in your technically your protectors, your production company, your executive producers who will have your back in going into this together and, and making sure that I think it's going to be a gray area until we start going through it and we see what happens when we bring these groups together. There'll be some
1: test groups, right? There'll be test groups T- and there'll also be trial by error, unfortunately, as is, is, uh, morbid as that sounds exactly. with human lives.
2: Yeah, but I think a partnership is super important. And I feel very fortunate that I have that with a lot of companies that I've formed good relationships with over the years. But there are definitely these newer production companies or freelance directors I'm working with who link me with a new production company. So I will work harder to establish sort of a conversation, a, a trust, a relationship with whoever that point person is to go into a project, sort of having a game plan um, and really put a lot of emphasis on that. So I'm not put in a a bad scenario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Partnership Absolutely. and communication, Alana.
5: Well, Jane Nunez must be getting 10 times the calls she usually gets. (laughs) (laughs) I don't envy her right now. (laughs) I mean, I think, unfortunately, you know, if and when production is up and running uh, and when we're working again, you know, we all take a risk going to work every day. And the whole crew will be taking one again uh, when we are working. And, you know, we'll take every precaution that we can. At the same time, as we all know, you know, sometimes it's asymptomatic. So it's still still a risk. The burden of proof isn't easy, as I think, Lawrence, you mentioned earlier, for somebody that does contract it. Chatting with companies, I think their bigger concern is just the cost of being in a lawsuit, which I know they want to avoid. But as both Sarah and Nan uh, touched upon earlier, it's about crew relationships. And I think it's about effective communication, And I hope it's a positive environment as we as we move forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that is one of the things we've been discussing loosely on the show is the fact that, you know, it feels a little bit like we're rewriting the rule book here as we come out of this. And, you know, this industry can be brutal. You lose yourself a lot in this industry. Are there changes in the industry that you would like to see come out of this holistically? Things we can do better. Nan?
4: Um, Yes, I think just having more communication, more cleanliness, obviously, you know, washing the hands and stuff like that, The, the usual things, taking more vitamins, that kind of personal things, being more aware of other people and how their health is and so forth, and just being more thoughtful to other people.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think for me, I know, like, caring more about the crew, not that I didn't before, but just in in a much more human way, in a much more friend type of way.
4: Yeah, I think it made us a little more sensitive. Like, it's kind of like, you know, one time i Burned my eyes. And so all of a sudden, my sense of smell became more efficient. So it's Mm. kind of like now all your senses are enhanced in some way. So you notice things that you didn't notice before, maybe. And so it'll be interesting to be back on set to see how that works in that way.
0: Sarah?
2: I was just listening to another podcast and they had the coach of the Seahawks, Pete Carroll, and he has these three rules that he tells his team. And I was really thinking about them because they are not only applicable to now my lifestyle and communicating with my family and friends and peers and people I meet, but also to crews and going into work. And it's not complaining is the simple way of saying it, um, but really being cognizant of what's coming out of your mouth and how that might affect someone else because they have their own shit that they're dealing with. And I know a part of your podcast is, talking about these topics more positively, and I think I am a very positive person. I love good morale on a set. I am very encouraging. I tell a lot of horrible jokes, Um, but (laughs) now so more than ever, (laughs) I think that it's so easy to tell a bad story. It's so easy to say how many friends suffered from COVID, who you've lost, who you... and. I feel for them and I am there to listen to people 100%. But being that person who doesn't go that direction on a set and comes into work encouraging And promoting these good things of cleanliness and and safety and all that stuff. I think I will go into it with that sort of hyper sensitivity.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. I'm just going to counter that with we all have those three crew members that we know that, you know, the 5Gs, I'll just call them. And they're fine doing anything. And why do they have to wear a mask? And those guys, so or gals, I, I won't, uh, I won't gender type. <laughs> but just a thought on that. And yes, that's how I know Sarah because I've know you and we've worked together before. That that's how you know positive. It's always better. It always the mood on set's always better. Dealing with that one or two people who won't be quiet during room tone, just you know what I mean. I think we're used to it, uh, dealing with our crew uh, on set. And I
5: think, you know, between the AD, between production, you know, establishing a positive work environment, I I think we know how to have those conversations, or I'd like to think that we do. And then just to answer Lawrence's question as well from earlier, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to hopefully having shorter work hours. And, you know, anybody that's ever worked with me knows I'm kind of a germaphobe. I, you know, I'm all for having a cleanly set. And then I I look forward to some of the creative solutions that come out of this. You know, some jobs, some of those big ones are totally doable in this new environment. I I think. I look at car commercials, you know, you can easily still get a drone shot on the PCH. The pursuit team, they hang out together all the time in their own vehicle. That'll be okay. And then maybe it'll be having A and B units or something. Mm. Maybe you can be off shooting something else while you're getting that shot. Yeah on the highway even though
3: the
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) maybe a third unit unit. (laughs) he's gonna love us (laughs) five groups of five who go out and film each thing you know what I mean and those guys know each other and they've been somewhat semi-quarantined together I think there's a way to do it without having to gather and you know worrying about catering and all of those things in the beginning I know that it'll blow apart at some point (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be one huge shoot, and that'll be that. So You know,
0: there's one thing that—I don't know if any of you ever worked on features or, or television— They utilize deal memos a lot that we don't so much in commercials, crew deal memos. And I think that might need to come back because, Nan, you were saying, you know, you want to make sure people know your company's policies and safety procedures. Maybe they need to initial some sense of guidelines or something. Maybe I think crew deal memos come back to establish a little more of like, okay, here's your deal. Here's the thing. Here's what happens if you're sick. Who is your backup key grip in case you can't come to work? We can call them and, you know, get them on the phone or something to that effect yeah I don't know if anyone's had any thoughts to that, but
4: uh, but that also go yeah, that's also if I'm working with another production company, which I often do, I want to make sure they are doing that same thing, you know so. yeah
5: I think the big thing will be protecting our production teams, yeah. you know bringing on that separate PPE person, but also if all of a sudden we we have these deal memos that everybody needs to sign, making sure that the production manager and coordinator have enough days because I think as a result of all of this, they're going to have a lot more work put on mm-hmm. them.
1: Oh yeah, part of the deal memo should be you know a set amount of days for production. But <laughs> again, we are we are we
4: creating all know we work way more days t- than we <laughs> we're talking Absolutely. about for yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> always.
1: Yeah. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. This has been...
0: We, we could go on for hours.
1: Hours, believe Definitely.
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have you all back and we'll do, we'll pick up where things left off because yeah. it seems like things change, you know, yeah. every couple of days. So. Every
4: couple of days. <laughs> well, hopefully we've all done a shoot and then we can come back and talk about it. Yeah,
0: that, that'll be great. Actually, let's, yeah. let's do that. Let's plan that. If anybody does a shoot, let's all come back and have another chat. It'll be great.
2: I got a call for a job. It's international, but it's remote yeah. producing. It's not awarded. I don't even know if it's going to happen, but it's scheduled for the beginning of June. So send you guys uh, if it happens. If you need uh, any pointers, let me know. How the hell that works. So. Yeah, we're getting yeah, I got it. It's a team I worked with before. A director I worked with before. So at least that's familiar and I know how they operate, but I'm just like, well, well, see, i oh. oh, literally literally—they're like, "Are you available?" I was like, "I don't know if you know what's going on, but I'm really ready
1: to go here." It'll change. It'll change your life. I promise. You'll be <laughs> yeah, like, "Why sorry, can't we I'm do so this booked. from now on?" <laughs> <laughs> I got my garden to attend to. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All the international jobs I keep mm. hearing about, I do wonder if companies are going to be more incentivized to hire local producers versus travel
4: mm. yeah, <laughs> producers.
5: I mean, in Los Angeles. They, thats a secret yeah, concern they, that I have. Yeah. I don't think they
0: ever will because. I mean, unless it's like London. I think anything outside of that, I think they need us too much to be there. And the American agency is unlike any European agency, and I think they need our skill set to handle. But that's my hope, (laughs) Christian. I
1: feel like uh, the ones that I've done, the production company or the EPs don't have the bandwidth to like monitor it as we do. You know, the communication and everything that's going on, they just don't. (laughs) So there'll always be a place for us, even if it's remote is my thinking behind it. Otherwise yeah. you have a hands-on person who may, you know, they want it to go well, they'll hire us. <laughs> yeah. Well, so thank you guys again. I do want to leave with one more question. If Florence, you have time, we yeah, do one more. For it. So Dan, what, uh, what do you miss? I miss the camaraderie. I
4: miss the being around a bunch of creative people. I miss traveling. I miss just the whole scheduling. I mean, I love putting together production books and stuff like that. The Zoom calls are fine, but they, they, it's just not the same. Yeah, I'm ready to be around people and talk shop in that manner.
2: You know, Sarah, I'm totally there with you. I miss I miss my people. Yeah. I really do. That's a huge a huge part of it. I love working. I've always loved working. I've always loved production, no matter how challenging it is. I miss waking up and, and Mm -hmm. going to work and solving problems. And, but it's really the, it's the cruise. It's, it's coming together. It's making whatever you want to make. Can't wait for it to be back. Alana.
5: Yeah. I wish I could say I had a more unique response, but yeah, I miss my teams. I find myself coming up with excuses to call my Favorite production managers or directors yeah. or companies, yeah. giving
0: people work, <laughs> Just to say hi. giving people yeah. work, right? Like yeah. giving imp- giving jobs.
1: friends. Mm-hmm. I miss my wardrobe even. <laughs> yeah, wearing wearing different clothes every day—that's crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> getting <laughs> I, dressed. Exactly, and I think taking showers. I mean. <laughs> I miss dive bars, but whatever, you guys. That's what I was going to say. I miss dive
0: bars. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Thank you, guys, all so much. We really appreciate this. That was awesome. That was. (laughs) I had so so much much fun actually talking to people in our own position about the responsibilities that we're going to be taking on when we start to go Mm -hmm. back to work. There's a lot to think about, but you know, hearing them all talk it through and sounding confident gave me a lot of hope. Yeah, I. This is all achievable. It's all it multiple.
1: And I it was very interested to hear that they're all ready and willing and able to go back to work. And that they they feel that they can overcome any obstacle that comes. But the best thing to do is just to get your feet wet versus, you know, hesitate. There's no hesitation in their bones, it No, seemed.
0: <laughs> not, not at all. They can definitely produce their way out of, out of a pandemic, as you said, <laughs> as you said earlier. It's
1: good stuff. Well... Yeah. Lawrence, this show was produced and edited by Rob Bloomkey.
0: Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels.
1: And our music was composed by Kyle
0: Pachia. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm not sure if we're back tomorrow. Our schedule's a little spotty. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. We'll see. Do we say that? We'll see. We'll be back later this week for sure. For sure. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, but please keep on doing it, staying home.
1: Yeah, if you don't have a reason, don't go. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, clean that disgusting phone of yours, and if you do go outside, wear a mask. It's important.
0: Be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhourgmail.com.
1: Lawrence, I know everybody wants to get a hold of you. How can you do it?
0: LawrenceTLewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, what about you? sisterchristianproduces.com. Bye, y'all.